6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. to another episode of Transparency Talks Podcast, sponsored today by the Brown Book Series. Pour yourself a glass of wine and get comfy on the couch. You're in for a treat when you listen to the Brown Book Series Podcast. Every week, they interview award-winning and best-selling romance authors in ways that make you feel like you're hanging out with a friend. Their fun 30 to 60-minute podcast episodes are perfect for listening on the go. Visit them today at www.brownbookseries.com. Again, that's www.brownbookseries.com. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Transparency Podcast. I am your girl, Buddy Raka. It is a pleasure to be here today. If you have not already done so, I know everybody is being quarantined right now. Please make sure you use this time to elevate your mind. Um, you know, study, learn something new, read my book. Fear of failure, fear of not trying. The Ford was by Capriccio. So with that being said, Mr. Capriccio, how are you? I'm excellent. How are you? You know, I am doing good. It's a beautiful day outside. I appreciate you being on to my show, my new podcast. I truly admire you so much. You are an amazing man who has been very instrumental in my own personal life on so many levels. So before I get to all of that, why don't we tell everybody who you are, a little bit about yourself. Well, first of all, let me just say I'm honored to be here. I actually thought about putting on a tuxedo, but <laughs> I said, I'm gonna make this very special because I really appreciate you and all that you're doing. And as you mentioned, we have been working around and uh, together for a while, so I definitely appreciate you. Um, I actually started out playing drums. Uh, I went from that to playing bass guitar. And I started doing independent promotion as far as radio, retail, clubs, street promotions, working for various labels, Sony, Universal, Tommy Boy, Atlantic, Row, a bunch of labels in the Virginia, D.C., Baltimore market. And uh, from there, I got an opportunity to go to Rough House Columbia Records, where I did national radio promotion. So I promoted Criss Cross, the Fuji, Cypress Hill. Uh, I wrote a book on artist management called 10 Steps to Successfully Managing Recording Artists. I started managing songwriters and producers, some of which whose credits include Michael Jackson, Beyonce, Nivea, Charlie Wilson, et cetera. And actually I wrote a, a second book or a sequel to that book called The 11th Step I Missed because I had to go back in and fix the point that I forgot, which was the order of God, family, and work. So I couldn't leave that undone. So I had to go back and correct the 10 steps to make it an 11th step that I missed. 
Uh, from there, I moved to Atlanta to launch the Atlanta CSAC office there for just under seven years, where I signed many great songwriters and publishers to the company. As a result of some of the successes we had there, I got the opportunity to go to work with Dr. Creflo Dollar and Pastor Taffy Dollar to run their label, Arrow Records, where I signed Gospel Greats and Nesby and Kimberell. And as a result of those successes, I got a chance to launch a label in the Universal System called My Trail Records. So I consider that to sort of be my, my Bruce Wayne. And then when I'm doing my Batman, I'm at SAE Institute where I teach all the music business modules. And on the philanthropic side, I'm also uh, the UN ambassador to Vienna. Uh, my term ends in September, but at this point, I'm currently the UN ambassador to Vienna. So that's my 30-second elevator speech. Oh my God, I mean, that was a lot. Okay, so let me make sure that I got all of this right. Not only are you super awesome, but you're an author. Again, you have a book, 10 Steps to Successfully Managing Recording Artists. Now you've made a second book called 11 what? The 11th step I missed because I needed to go back in and fix that. Okay, so you're an author and you had already mentioned some of the artists that you was managing. Could you mention them again? Well, um, directly, I managed K. Michelle at one time. I managed Pete Parker from 112. I had a really talented songwriter, Nastasia Kendall. Um, and so, of course, just working with the labels, having the opportunity as the liaison for the labels inside of the marketplace. I worked with everyone from Michael Jackson to Meatloaf and in between. And of course, I pitched records and placed records so for television and film. So, um, you know, I'm 25 years at it. This year is my 26th year. So um, it's been quite an extensive and a wonderful and fairly successful career, but always looking for that next level. So one day, hopefully, I'll get a chance to go run Sony or Universal or, or uh, Warner Brothers. Wow. Sorry, the number you have dialed is not in So we're going to take another pause for the calls. This is one of my favorites off of my album entitled Hung Up. So make sure you turn it up. You know what I mean? Turn it up. DJ, turn it up. Y'all let me know how y'all feeling it, all right? At Transparency Talks Podcast. Operator, can you say nay? Read out a number that page me. Hit speed down from the night time. Hope I can reach you, make it mine. Nobody move, don't make a sound. Got a connection in the background with the static slab. Lines across, all of a sudden the call was lost. Call 911, calling up the hills. Strip my love, can't get enough. Boy, you're all I'm thinking of. Call 911, calling up the hills. Strip my love, can't get enough. Boy, you're all I'm thinking of. I'm so hung up on you.
my single hung up I'm digging it man I'm digging it I'm digging it that was off of my first album so you know of course that was a blessing make sure you tune in Transparency Talks podcast we everywhere now back to our scheduled show from from the management standpoint what were some takeaways that you got as a manager and what type of advice can you give other upcoming managers well, I think people often ask uh, about what I what I consider success or what what is are the keys to success, and I think they're consistency and humility. And so, my takeaway as far as the management is concerned is number one, you have to be considered cons- uh, consistent and dedicated to your clients. Um, I sort of um, refer to it as sort of there's a puddle on the ground, you lay over it, you allow the clients to walk over your back. And you don't expect someone to give you a towel to dry yourself off with. And you may stand up and you're drenching wet and they go, how'd you get wet? And I realize and they walk from the back. But you got to be okay with that. And you have to be able to see their successes as your own. So I think my biggest takeaway is the point of humility and just understanding that um, it takes, number one, hum- humility and consistency to be successful. We also need people to understand that there's two different types of manager. Um, there's the business manager, and then there's also the personal manager. So when you was managing the K Michelles and the different people, which role was you taking? And then sometimes a manager just takes on all roles. Yeah, absolutely. So when we talk business, we're talking more like CPAs or you know people that are dealing with uh, certified financial planning and that type of thing. But on the personal management side, and in addition, there's also the role manager, right. sort of personal manager and a role manager. But uh, typically, I was doing more personal management and role management. So you're dealing with the day-to-day activities of the artist, everything that deals with their day-to-day lives. So it could be anything from buying a car, helping them buy a car, to helping them pick songs or whatever, everything to deal with the day-to-day lives of people. I sort of liken it to almost being like a parent uh, Mm -hmm. in the music industry. So you're almost like their father or their mother in the music industry, in essence. Right. Okay, so then you switched over from from being an author. You was the former senior director of CSAC, which is where I met you at. As people know that you are either a writer with CSAC, ASCAP, or BMI, and Capriccio was over the Atlanta uh, division of CSAC. And when I met you there, I I think one of the things, because at the time I, I used to be with BMI and I was in the process of getting out of that contract. And when I met you, one of the things that pulled me into CSAC is that 
you when you would throw your events and everything, you really did include everybody. And you used to always say, you never know who that next person is going to be. Somebody that was that had already had a lot of success, you still treated the new person the same way with the same type of love and respect. And you gave everybody the same type of shot. And I, I, I used to always admire and appreciate you for that because I used to be, <laughs> I used to be with BMI and true story, I was one of my friends who's a big time songwriter was over at my house. And I was telling him, I said, you know what? I've never even been to BMI here in Atlanta. And I've been with BMI for years. And I'm not knocking BMI, but I'm just telling my experience. And I'm like, I've been with BMI for years. And I said, but I've never even, I don't even know the people who's running the Atlanta office. Because when I joined up, I signed up in Tampa. And so this big friend of mine who's a huge, huge success as a writer, he was like, I talk to them all the time. And I'm like, they never pick up the phone for me. So true story, I called and said, hey, I would like to come in to speak, <laughs> to, to meet everybody and speak. And the lady said, well, it's just a normal office. And then she was like, she didn't even want to meet. And I had placements, but I got placements overseas. and. He hung, we hung up the phone and he was like, that's crazy. And he called and they picked right up. And she said, when you coming down to the office, man? And she was like, I ain't seen you in a long time. I said, see, that's that boy. That's that boy right there. It's time for me. So I was super excited when I went over to CSAC. And when I say you welcomed me with open arms, I went up to New York and you you put me, I forgot his name, off, off top Trevor, of Trevor, yeah, yeah, Trevor. You put me with Trevor, and then when I went to LA, you put me with James, and everybody treated me like I was family, and it was just so cool. And then you got me on the, the Christmas party, uh, singing for CSAC, which, which led to so many other big things. And then you got me also featured in the magazine. So, you know, you've been a blessing in my life and I'm truly, truly honored to have you on my show. No, thank you. I appreciate that. And really, you know, that's really what it should be about. The Performing Rights Organization is a component. You know, there's your manager, your booking agent, your record label, your publicist, and they're just one additional piece to your team and you should actually be able to engage. And I think, you know, one thing I often ask writers, if I'm in a room full of writers and I say, how many BMI writers we have? Some folks will raise their hands. How many ASCAP? Some folks will raise their hands. But I always leave them with, you know, how many of you know who your representative is? And if you don't raise your hand, fundamentally, that's a flaw. That's an yeah. issue because it's a component that you should be able to tap into. And it's not a knock on ASCAP, BMI, or CSAC. I think they all do exceptionally well at what they do. but they're a part of your team and you should be able to tap in. And that's Absolutely. very important. Absolutely. And then another thing as far as tapping in, not only should you be able to tap in, but like you used to have at your parties, you didn't have you didn't have this VIP section that was only for the elite. You had everybody in the same room able to mix and mingle and you even host those different events where people could mash up and, and possibly you know work together and everything. So it was really it was a really cool experience to me. I personally miss you over at CSAC. <laughs> now that the Atlanta office is, is done, if the tone has changed a little bit, it's not the same. Oh. I miss you, a lot of people miss you, so I'm just gonna throw that out there. 
We're going to take a pause for the calls. I am your girl, Butterbee Rocker, and you are listening to Transparency Talks Podcast. Listen, you can find me on all social media at Transparency Talks Podcast and on all digital platforms. This is Brandon Blue with I'm Sorry. Mama never did no more and I ain't even got a lie I've been working too hard, doing overtime Slept up in my car for too many nights Nowadays I'm a grown man, now I never cry Used to cry when I used to think about suicide Remember when you even tried to come and take my life I was just a kid, who are you to ever really tell me how to live? All that took my CDs and he threw them in a bin No more Eminem, Timberland or 50 Cent I was born for this rap shit and I'm gonna win Back when I was 10, said I'd be a little red <coughs> Got me feeling sick, don't it? To think that all of my biggest supporters were never there for me and they never cared for me. What did I do wrong? Sorry for letting you down. Sorry for not being who you wanted me to be. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I really hope you accept my apology. Oh. So emotional, I'm sorry Ah, you got me tripping, I don't even know how I should feel anymore All of the emotions that I had that I kept in store All I gotta say, if I had to say anymore Is that you should be sorry You tried to put the blame on me, but I ain't did nothing All I wanted was for you to just love me Oh, yeah, that's why I'm pouring out the pen and the pad. I gotta write it down. Remember back in the days, and I'ma ride around on the bus. All the kids always made fun of us. Look how I turn around, look how I turn around. Cause nowadays I'm turning eighty to believers. Shout out to the people that never really believed us. I'm in and I'm confused. I don't know what to do, but I'ma be the bigger man. And say I'm sorry, sorry for letting you down. Sorry. Not being who you wanted me to be Oh, I'm sorry Yeah, I really hope you accept my apology Oh, so emotional I'm sorry for letting you down Sorry for not being who you wanted me to be Oh, I'm sorry Yeah, I really hope you accept my apology I'm emotional Listen to the smooth sounds of Brandon Blue. Oh, I'm sorry. With I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Now back to our interview. So after you left CSAC, you said you started working with Crippled Dollar? Correct. Yeah, I went to run his label, Arrow Records. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you was running his label, and what does that entail? Yeah, so I was the executive general manager. So all of the day-to-day activities related to the label, whether it be signing artists, um, dealing with business affairs, dealing with distribution, uh, marketing, promotions, everything to deal with the day-to-day operations with inside of a label. I was responsible for making sure that those things were properly executed and delivered on time and schedule. I'm gonna be honest, I didn't even know Creflo Dollar had a, a, a record label. I didn't know. Yeah. 
So I guess I'm assuming it's a gospel, you know. Uh, yeah, yeah, gospel. We're, we're sort of primarily also inspirational, but but okay. more leaning towards the gospel arena for sure. Okay. All right. So is there a blueprint for anyone in the music industry? Is there a straight line? No, you know, I'd like to say um, run fast, run slow, turn around three times and bark. And if I could do that, and that would be it. I put that in the box and I sell it to you. But there is no real method. I think, again, as we already sort of discussed, it's really just being consistent. Right. And, you know, I'll ask people, I'll say, and I'll just, for the fun of it, I'll ask you, Have you? are you familiar with Sarah McLaughlin, the artist? I'm not. So you probably... If you ever watch the SPCA commercials, uh, it's a song that they play where they show the little dogs and the dogs are looking all cold and shaking and stuff. But it, but the point is, is Sarah McLachlan sold 33 million records worldwide. And there are a lot of people that don't know who she is. So the point is, is that she doesn't have to find everybody or get everybody to like her. She only has to find the people that are interested in her. So that 33 million record sold, she was able to identify and find her market. And so that's what's important. You sound like what they what they told us over at Taxi when I went to LA. They was telling us you don't have to you don't have to be this big, big, big person. You gotta find your own niche. And so they gave an example of somebody that that all of their songs is based around horses. And I mean in that in their lane they are the the king they was the king of right. all of these downloads and I mean and so and so thousands and thousands and I'm like, oh that's crazy. So one of my friends, uh, Homer McEwen, he took that same approach and he's a singer, he's a songwriter and everything. But to make himself stand out, he started writing about what he does um, on a daily basis, which is databases and, and computers and software and stuff. And he really started making all of these songs to the point yeah. where Microsoft and all of these um, tech companies start hiring him to yeah. to perform at the different conferences and different things like that. So it's, it's important that everybody understands you could, there's so many niches out there. You don't have to be the straight and narrow person or, or artist at all. There's so many different ways now. Yeah, you just have to find your audience. That's all at the end of the day. I mean, imagine that, you know, people, you say, who's Sarah McLaughlin? They have no idea, but she sold 33 million records. So That's crazy. You know, he found her audience. Yeah, yeah. With, with today's society um, being more digital and, you know, the Instagrams and stuff like that, I could definitely say back in my day when I um, was getting started, we didn't have all of that. So the approach and the audience is easier, I think, to a degree. I think, I think now it's become so anything goes now and sometimes it's watered down a little bit and it's more it's not based off of the skill levels it's more based off of how the person looks and who they know type thing um so oh. it, it's a it's a good thing but it's a bad thing <laughs> to me what's your take yeah, yeah we're just in a different climate um and it's a great time if you understand content unfortunately most people are leveraging themselves out of the business because they're running around giving away their music for free right. and so i think that part of it probably has had a neg negative and adverse effect because you put that song out there, you know, we mentioned ASCAP being my CSAC and there's no metadata fix. You can't even get paid. You're invisible. Like we don't even know who you are. So I think that's the one thing that's hurting artists is not really understanding, you know, that ultimately this thing boils down to copyrights and masters. 
who owns the copyright, who controls the master, who controls the master, who owns the copyright. That's why the record label says, come over here, cool artist sign right here because we want to own the masters. The publisher says, come over here, cool song rather, sign right here because we want to participate in the copyright ownership. Reason being is because that's where all the revenue is. So you have to understand content at this particular point. We went from, you know, uh, physical to digital to now streaming. And, you know, who knows where it's headed. It's probably going towards, you know, a holoportation or, you know, um, something to that effect. Who knows? Right. Transparency Talks Podcast is brought to you today by CoochieRestore.com. All natural, handmade feminine care products for self-care and wellness. Visit them today at www.CoochieRestore.com. This your girl, Butterbee Rocker. You are tuned in to Soul City to Beat. What up, everybody? This is Kierica with I'm Sorry. Your face, your eyes, your body. I can't lie, you got me tuned in, watching real shit. So tall, too clean, confident. Damn, I need ya. Shoot this if you get closer. I know that it's over.
That's my home girl, Yerica, representing the ATL. And I'm your girl, Butterbee Rocker. You can find me on my Pandora station, Soul City to Beat in Italy, on my iHeartRadio station at Transparency Talks Podcast. Holla at you, girl. Thanks again to our sponsors at CoochieRestore.com. Visit them today at CoochieRestore.com. I was do- presenting an award, and I met this lady backstage, and she said, you'll be a great ambassador. And I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever, lady. And so she says, no, I'm going to refer you, blah, blah, blah. I'm thinking, yeah, whatever. You're talking about, like, the UN, United Nations? Like, okay, yeah, whatever. A couple weeks go by, I get uh, an email that says, you've been recommended, you know, please send your bio, your, fill out this information, send back your background information, you know, all these different things they wanted me to do. So I, this is probably about... This was maybe like April uh, 2016. So I'm like, okay, let me jump through these hoops, but this is crazy, whatever. So by August, I get a response saying that you, you know, you've been selected. We select 17 people each year, and we're gonna need you to travel to Vienna to pick up your credentials. And I'm thinking, yeah, whatever, right? So I'm at some point I'm waiting for Ashton Kushner to come out and say, you've been punked. So I'm thinking, right. okay, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna be an ambassador, whatever. So I go all the way to Vienna. I go in, I get my credentials, get the laminate, get my badge. There's a badge where you have to basically say that you won't impersonate a federal officer because it's the same badge that's equivalent to like the FBI or the Secret Service. So I'm like, yeah, whatever. So I have this badge and I come back home and I have no idea what the heck it is, but I'm a UN ambassador, quote unquote. So I'm driving down the street and I make a no right on red. I make a right turn. I don't see the sign. So the officer pulls me over and I take the badge and just kind of have this slightly displayed where he could see it with my driver's license on top of it. And he looks in and he says, oh, have a nice day. And I'm like, huh? Okay, that was cool. So I go down to the state capitol and uh, I take my badge and I put it on the conveyor. I'm going in for a meeting. And uh, the state trooper looks and sees my badge and he whispers to me, he motions me over and he says, you have a weapon? I'm like, no, he's about to let me walk around the metal detector. So I'm like, okay. So then I'm meeting with a, a, a person at Atlantic Station and uh, she parks inside of the uh, a no meter, a parking meter. And so the meter is expiring and uh, the police is putting a ticket on the meter. And so I walk up and I have my badge displayed and he takes the ticket and rips it up and says, the next time display your credentials. So I'm still not knowing what the heck this is. I'm just like, okay, they gave me a badge. What, what, what do I do? So the next year I go back to the UN and I for for di- diplomacy training, and I get this whole big layout as to how I have diplomatic courtesy, not quite immunity because I'm not appointed by the by the government. I'm an NGO, a non-government uh, appointee, but it's saying in essence you have diplomatic immunity because they don't know the difference. So when they see that badge, they respond to it the same way. So I'm going, oh, okay, now that makes sense. So when I travel through the airport. <laughs> and stuff like that. I get the role a little bit freer than most people. So it's pretty cool, actually. Oh, man. Okay, so so next time I need to go someplace, I need to just make sure that I have Mr. Ambassador slash uh, Keys to the City with me because then I can yeah. get to everything. <laughs> wow. yeah, it has its perks, I'll tell you that. So coming back through Miami, it was literally about 400 people in line 
and I see the diplomat sign. So I go to the diplomat sign and I, I walk past 400 people, it's just me. I go straight up, it's like, how you doing? Welcome into the country. Yeah, thank you, That's good to see you. Get out of here. <laughs> we taking another pause for the calls. This is Sexual Tension by Robert Carey. I know a lot of us that's in quarantine got this, some of that sexual tension, you know what I mean? Robert, go on and tell them what it is. Baby, we're always fussing, fighting, and arguing all damn day. I think you cry, you hurt so much because I'm never at home anyway. And when you do see me, we waste all our time disagreeing. But I think we'd be better if we use this time that we have making love because it's running out on us. me, pull my hair, whatever you want, I'm down with you, yes, I'm going with you, like a thief in the night, I'm coming through your window, say your mom and daddy don't know, we gotta do it on the count, but we gotta release the sexual tension before we explode, I know we got some making up to do, Robert Carey from day 26, everybody. Absolutely love this song. 
what do you do um, as an so, ambassador? So, yeah, so basically there are 17 pillars uh, as it relates to the, to the UN. So they're talking about clean air, no poverty, um, concerns above water, below water, you know, just basically sort of place. So they don't refer to the UN as heaven on earth, but it keeps hell from breaking out on earth. So basically my job is someone that is on the ground dealing with my sector, which is a music industry on a day-to-day -day basis. I can sort of funnel information into the UN saying, you know, here, these are our issues, here are our concerns, this is what's happening. You know, maybe we may want to take a look at this. Maybe we want to enact some sort of uh, activity in this area. So you're basically sort of, um, you know, a consultant. That's in essence, that's what you're doing. It's an economic consultant to the United Nations. It's actually a special position um, and it's the highest designated position that they have for someone that's not government uh, appointed. I, I'm not. I'm not even gonna lie. When I say that's so cool, that is like wow. Like you're an ambassador. Like, what's next, president? You know. I, so, <laughs> of course, I have had the opportunity to visit the White House, the State Capitol, uh, Congress. You know. Um, so, I, I just. I'm learning that, you know, it's really about interest. It's about, you hear that term, personal interest. Right. And so it's, it becomes a matter of like, you know, what are your concerns? What are my concerns? And how do we find this happy medium or this neutral place so that we're both satisfied? So I think just as I've gotten or getting older, you start to realize what's important. And even especially with this coronavirus thing, COVID-19, we start to realize what's important. And, and a lot of it is really you know, how we can satisfy the interests of everyone so that ultimately people are, are you know, accommodated. So, I, you know, to your question, maybe there may be some uh, politics or political career in the future, but it'll probably on, be on the lower um, uh, local level, maybe like a uh, city council or something like that. But I definitely think about it for sure. I, I, you have my vote. But let me ask you something. Did, wasn't you also, um, with the Atlanta Grammy um, board at one yes, point? Sure. I, yes, I was a governor on the board uh, for, I think, about three years, actually. I don't remember which years they were, but I was definitely on the board of governors for the for the for Naris. That is That is super awesome. Okay, let me, let me look at my questions here. So speaking of coronavirus, um, has it affected your business? Um, really not so much, actually, you know, because I teach at SAE Institute. So what they ended up doing, I can't, they canceled one of my classes, which was on a Tuesday. Um, that Wednesday, they put everything together to set us up online. And then Thursday, I was teaching. So, it, I mean, it had a, a slight effect, you know, but not really that much. And then, of course, with the distribution stuff I do, it's just a matter of loading the songs up and, and getting them out there. So, you know, that, that hasn't been affected either, to be quite honest. What I've is been your, what's your class again? So I teach all the music business modules. I teach copyrights, entertainment law, uh, marketing, branding, um, business portfolio, entrepreneurship. So everything on the music business side. So the students that are there, some of them are getting a certificate and some of them are getting an associate's degree. And depending on which program they're in, they have, I, I meet with them at some point during their program, but if it's the associate's degree, it's only for, a, it's a shorter period of time. But generally the students I have are 15 weeks and we cover different things. Each, each week is a different topic. So I have four days basically to go over with them, you know, copyrights or publishing or management or whatever. So we do a lot in a very short amount of time. 
I think it's safe to say that you, sh um, that what I'm definitely taking from this is that you wear many hats and that um, that's important to have. I mean, it's important to expand and, and, and not just stay in one, one thing. Yeah, I think, you know, especially this time, you have to be very, uh, diversification is very important and you have to stay diversified. I think, you know, just we're seeing that, you know, where people are unfortunately one thing not going in their favor from being, you know, homeless or destitute. And so we're seeing that, you know, people losing their jobs and stuff like that. And so it's, you know, it's unfortunate, but you have to definitely be in a, a, the type of person who can actually wear multiple hats or just, you know, something sort of falls short and pick up and you you know, move to the next thing. But it's actually a good time as well for opportunities. So, you know, some people, what some people see as negative, some people see as positive. So a lot of this is gonna be determined by how you walk away and how you look at it as well. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so we've covered a whole lot of stuff. I mean, you're an author, you're an ambassador, you've ran um, CSEC, you've, I mean, you've worked with the Grammys, you've done so many um, things. It doesn't seem like you, I mean, you seem like you're winning on all levels, but I know that um, everybody goes through struggles and goes through different things. So here at Transparency Podcast, what I'm hoping that we could do is get real with people and let them know that, I mean, yeah, you see all of this, but it took, it took some hard work behind all of this. So can you um, discuss any, any, if any, struggles or, you know, things that you had to go through or, well, or you just wake up like this? No, no, let me tell you, you know, I always talk about the order of God, family, work, fact of getting it is not the problem it's always maintaining it so everything created you can have but the question becomes can you maintain it so I, I make the analogy wife mansion Bentley don't maintain it divorce foreclose and repo and so um, specifically uh, and I and I wasn't expecting to talk about this but I'm glad you asked uh, in July 2017 uh, my dad died in 2011 he's buried at a military installation in uh, Minneapolis and so I went to his gravesite, and if you are a military or service member buried there, um, the service member's information is on the front side of the marker, and the spouse's information is on the back side of the marker. And of course, I went there and I looked at my dad's gravesite, and I thought, man, I want to walk around to the back side of this and see if there's a name on the back side of the marker. Now, of course, I knew knew that there would not be a name there because my dad, in essence, died alone. And so I just, for whatever, I go and I look and it's blank. And I think to myself, man, I don't want to die alone. And so, you know, although my dad, my sisters were there, you know, but he didn't really have someone in the end to hold his hand and to sort of go through it with him. Right. And so speaking of that now, um, I'm single and going through this Corona thing, I'm thinking of that very same thing. I'm like, man, you know, it's important if you have a significant other you know, and not, not someone that's not playing their role or doing, you know, what they're supposed to do. But I'm talking about somebody that's really holding it down and has your back. Like, that is something to be super thankful for because right now that's something that I'm dealing with. And I'm learning that having that person to sort of just, just hold your hand through the process is a very important thing. So um, when this is all over, <laughs> all I'll be fixing <laughs> I'll be saying, yeah, I'm on the market. I'll be fixing that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're going to have no problem in that area fixing it. I think you've just been, um, you've probably been, uh, uh, you know, picky. 
Yeah, no, I'm big, but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna figure it out. I don't want to be so shallow these days. So I'm gonna... I feel it. I feel it. I used. I ain't gonna lie. I think I used to be like that too. I used to. I used to hit my 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 next guy because I mean, of course, you know, I went through a divorce myself, and I'm like, man, my next guy, he gonna be this, and he gonna be this, and he gonna be this, and it was like, okay, yeah, you got so many high expectations, and and you got this person on a on a pedestal that if he mess up one time. You, you never gonna be in a relationship, so <laughs> you had to come down to earth. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, but I think though, you know, one thing we're learning with this whole coronavirus is the fact that things that we thought were important really aren't that important. Right. You know, the meetings that we thought we had to attend, we don't. You know, so a lot of stuff. Even with my class, we went from, you know, in in class brick and mortar style to online in two point five seconds. So. You know, a lot of stuff is just you're seeing that it's much different than what we really think about or yeah. we think it. Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, um, I think this will be my last question. Um, what would you say to your younger self about life? Oh, wow. That's a great question. I think, uh, funny, I'll, I'll ask friends if they can meet any five people dead or alive, who would they be? And one of my persons would be me, but the oldest version of myself. And so, I, you know, I, I don't, I don't really know. I guess it's sort of like if you if you say the wrong thing or you do something to impact or change what ultimately would, was going to happen to make you a better person or who you are, it would have such a tremendous impact. I think for me, it's probably just um, focusing on the order of you know, once upon a time. I would say, you know, that it didn't matter. There was no, it's, yeah, God, but if God is blessing me, he's blessing my family and my work and it's all in this big pot and you stir it up and don't be looking at my pot. But I did not really realize the importance of God, whatever you subscribe to, whatever you believe in, whatever keeps you grounded, it's God, then it's family and then it's work. And then, you know, if, if you can get that, I think that is really helpful to navigating through your career. So that's what I would say to the younger me is to understand the order of God, family and work and keep that in perspective. And I think if you're able to do that, then your your chances of success are far greater than you may even realize by something that simple. That's, that's great words of wisdom. Well, I am not going to take up any more of your time. It has been um, my pleasure to have you on the show. I mean, um, like I said, I've, I've always blessed every time I speak to you because I, I speak. I, I think so highly of you and, and you're one of the people that lead by examples to me. Um, so again, I'm very grateful that you took the time to be on Transparency Podcast and um, I think that's it. I'm going to sign out. Do you have any other things you want to tell people how to uh, reach you or anything? Sure, yeah. I'm, I'm at Capricio on all social media platforms. It's uh, C-A-P-P-R-I-C-C-I-E-O. Now, baby, tell me what you want to do with me. <laughs> Got it. So, um, Capricio at, at, um, on all social media platforms, at Capricio. So, thank you. It's been a pleasure, and I appreciate your time as well. All right. Thank you so much. This is my single called My Touch, and I hope you're feeling it out there.
Feeling the love that I'm giving you. So city to be. What up, baby? What up, UK? What up, Canada? What up, USA? What up, Africa? I appreciate you guys so much. So we're gonna take another pause for the calls. I'm absolutely digging this song by Angelica and Josh Bias. This is called Quarantine Boo. Everybody, make sure you turn it up and tune in. I don't know when things gonna be like they used to But being locked up with you, girl, I could get used to It's true I just gotta see you Girl, we can Netflix and chill See a shot, take a shot, baby, if that's how you feel Cause I ain't got no need except the one I made with you In that bedroom, on the studio stairs too I've been ages like bears, I made my quarantine boo Quarantine, ooh, been trying to quarantine you. Baby, we ain't got nowhere to go, and you're the only thing I wanna do. Quarantine, ooh, quarantine, ooh, been trying to quarantine you. Baby, we ain't got nowhere to go, and you're the only thing I wanna do. Don't be scared, got your essentials. I heard that it's gonna be like this for a while. Hold up, hold up, boy, you gon' give me a child. Cause there ain't nothing going on like it used to. But being locked up with you, boy, I could get used to. It's true. I'm just trying to see you. Boy, we can Netflix and chill. See a shot, take a shot, baby. Cause I ain't got no meat except the one I made with you in that bedroom And the one for the kids too, I've been ages like bears I'm too I'm quarantine, ooh Quarantine, ooh I've been trying to quarantine you Baby, we ain't got nowhere to go And you're the only thing I wanna do Quarantine, ooh Quarantine, Up with you, girl, I could get used to yeah, Cause there ain't nothing going on like it used to But being locked up with you, boy, I could get used Quarantine. to Quarantine, 
So without further ado, I present to you, Miss Tejaville. You've been getting up close and personal with her all day. This is go, everybody.
Thanks again to our sponsors at the Brown Book Series. Visit them today at www.brownbookseries.com.